The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. It's not, there's never a really nice way to get into these. I always like to start in a jovial manner, but you can't really for this one. Uh, this is episode 113 of the Mighty Whites podcast, um, and Leeds have unfortunately lost yet another club legend and one who's as 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 big as it can be, really. Uh, Leeds' youngest ever player, 15 years, 289 days. Their all time top goal scorer, more importantly, 238 goals. A uh, massively long career, mostly at Leeds United. Rest in peace, Peter Lolliner. Yeah, obviously, the, it was one of those that was unfortunately expected news after some of the reports they'd been moved into a hospice. But um, yeah, very horrific to, to lose yet another legend, another player who was, who was such a big part of the, the Riviera of the late 60s and early 70s. Yeah, I mean, this year has been ridiculous I don't have the full there was a full list that went round because obviously Frank Worthington's passed away as well uh it was that yesterday uh who obviously his name it's not it, to Leeds fans it's not the same but it's another ex-player this year I mean uh, Marius Zaliukas went this year obviously Jack Charlton Trevor Cherry it's just been utterly horrific in terms of the number of players that have gone this year but yeah. Peter Lorimer, Peter Lorimer's one of them. Obviously, we can't really speak on him as a player because other, I mean, what we've seen is, it is what he's known for. We've seen him smashing ball in from miles out and hitting it like a rocket. But we weren't there. We, we're not really placed to speak, but Lorimer's one of those ones that, that my dad always talked about and still still does. It, it was uh, someone who really made an impression on that on that generation and and the next one with how long his uh with how long his career went. Yeah, I, I, I want to have a look when I first when it first this first started, you know saying he was Leeds' youngest ever player. There was part of me thinking, was he also our oldest? Because he he still played in the eighties a little bit, didn't he? Yeah, it went for quite. I'd say it went for because obviously he went away and played for like Vancouver Whitecaps and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, w- what will have been the like NASL and stuff at that point? But yeah, like for, you know, started at Leeds in 1962 and finished at Leeds in 1985. Yeah, um, and, <laughs> which is a ridiculous amount of uh, longevity for someone to manage in football. Yeah, um, I, I think one of the difficult things, sort of. Uh, for being our age was you are made, you know, the legend of Peter Lorem and, and you kind of give him like, I, I always remember him being featured on the, the Tony Yaboa video when that came out. She, I think it was, I won't say it was called shoot to thrill, but I think it might've been called shoot to kill anyway. Um, I am aware of the video, but I can't say for certain which it was called. Well, it, had, it had a brilliant song at the end of it. that was uh, done, by, done by my uncle Charlie as well, which is, which is one of the big things of that, but, 
yeah. during that, like Alan Clark and, and Peter Lorimer are featured kind of talking about him, and which is one of those things where as a kid you're kind of like, the reason these two are there is because they are legends and they are talking about him in in such terms. Yeah. Um, and then, then you kind of get the unfortunate period with him where it's his association debates, which I, I understand entirely why he was part of that. I, you know, I, I, you know, I think it's fairly well known that he he didn't have a lot of money at the time, and I think and I think that was a guaranteed income stream for him. There was was being part of that board, and unfortunately, I think his name was used at times on the propaganda front. You know, and there's still things that that ne- will, will never sit well with me. Like when this act, Simon Grayson and 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 Lorimer saying uh, we did bugger all wrong. I think, yeah. and, and the, the, there was that side of it, but I, I think we all kind of knew why he was in that position, and kind of it, it was something he had to do. But you know, fortunately, it's it's not something that's tarnished his his legacy. Yeah, I'm, I, which is good because there was a worry at one point that that might happen. Um, but he was, I mean, he's just he is one of the all time greats. We need, I don't know. Obviously, we've we've running we've run out of stands. Really, there's still a couple they could use, but. There's someone who there's someone who designed like that silhouette to go on top of the the entrance to the to the east stand, kind mm. of above all the players waving and, and things like that, which which I quite liked. Um, yeah. I don't know how much it'd cost, but in the Premier League, it shouldn't be a problem, and they could probably get a lot with grants and stuff. I'd love them to have like a walkway with a load of them. Yeah, you know, a bit, a bit like they have outside the Emirates, where they've got a few. Hmm. But like maybe with ours, all of them in a row. I don't know. Maybe, maybe down by the tunnel or something. But it's it's a real shame, as it? it's not. It wasn't a surprise to anyone, uh, unfortunately. But it's it's a real, real shame. Yeah, it's. Um... Yeah, it's been it's been, it's been rough, and I think all across football, um, not obviously not just with COVID, the num- the number of, of kind of players from that era that have been passing over the last few years is, you know, it's upsetting, and the, these players that have been that have passed over the last year, it's you know some some very big names from the, from probably the most important time in the club's history. Yeah, but um, it was one of those things. As you have to take the small things out of it, it got to see his go up at least, which I'm sure will have been something that made him happy. Yeah, because uh, those were the roughest ones, losing a few just before that, like Norman Hunter and stuff. It was that was a real shame. But oh well, there's there's nothing that can be done about it. It's a real shame. It's. There's been some excellent obituaries written. The one on the BBC was pretty good. If I remember rightly, the Guardian one was pretty good as well. Uh, obviously, Graham Smith and Phil Hay both wrote very well on it. So uh, the front page of the of the Daily Mirror was was dedicated to him as well, which uh, I know is not a newspaper you want to give a whole lot of credibility to, but as a, I, I think it, I think it says a lot about the weight of that man that yeah that that was a full page. Yeah, a full page for something like that you don't see very often outside of, you know, outside of, it would have to be names like that everyone associates, like in 
you know, if it was a Bobby Moore or someone like that, you expect mm. that. But for, as admittedly, as much of a legend as he is, but for 21 caps for Scotland, Peter Lorimer, it's nice yeah. to see something like that because it shows that they're not just going off who was the biggest name. It's like, no, this guy's so respected and this guy was that good. Which is amazing when you say 21 caps for Scotland as well, which tells you how good the Scotland team was around that time. That, yeah, well, I think, yeah. It, I think it was the Scotland team was that good. And I think that there was some weird stuff with number of caps there because there's a few players that are like that. Yeah, I mean, there's always kind of the old adage that we still go to now that Leeds, is, Leeds has always been an unfashionable club and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I'll say selectors now, as it probably was more in, in the past. But um, yeah, like you say, when you look at some of the players who, who have a handful of caps for how good they were at that point. Yeah. But he, uh, one of them, he did score in a World Cup, which is something that not a lot of players get to say. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's no way of transitioning out of it. It's just a real shame. But this was not a shame, I suppose. This, this finally, we've won a game in London. So we can stop. After, the, after this one, we can stop talking about it. Fulham won, Leeds 2. Uh, should it have been a lot easier than it was, really? Yeah, it all started off so well. Obviously, you know, Luke Ayling with his looping header that and his flowing locks coming down and, yeah. and VAR comes. Now, it's, that VAR decision is not of the level of, like, Bamford at Palace or no. Helder Costa a couple of weeks back. But it's still one of those where you're just looking and... And I know, like, that all this comes down to interpretation. It's like, well, well, his his head and his arm are ahead of the line. Like, yes, but the ball is passed along the floor to his feet. His head was about as useful in that situation. Yeah, it's it's one of them. There's no point in getting into it. We've said it before, but they need to they need to figure out something with this. Whether it's you know using a really thick line so that there's an overlap. So you can have like an umpire's call thing. Because like yeah. the Helder Costa one, as much as it annoyed me, because of how tight it was, it was given offside on the pitch. So if that, so fair enough, it was given offside. They're the ones though that they shouldn't be getting overturned. But, you know, it was a really good goal from Ailing And there's, like in the player ratings, I said it's a good goal because he, he wasn't offside. <laughs> so yeah. it's, still a great, it's still a great finish from Ailing. Yeah, great header. And and up to that point, and that was sort of 11, 12 minutes in, I think, I thought we'd actually played really well. I thought we were really good in this game, basically until we actually went 1-0 up. Like for 30, for 30 minutes at the start of this game, we were miles the better side. Like it wasn't even close. Yeah, I just... Yeah, and then nice goal from... From Pat straight after his uh, non-selection for England, which I, I think I think I think he should feel I think he should feel a bit aggrieved about because you know the, obviously there are bigger names in the squad ahead of him, but I did find the inclusion of Ollie Watkins a strange one. Yeah, now this is what obviously we're Leeds fans. We're going to say Bamford, no matter what. I would have been absolutely fine if Southgate said, look, they were both close, but I wanted that pace. 
or or even if even though statistically I think Bamford has been a better finisher this season, if he'd just said I think Collie Watkins is a better finisher, so that's why I've picked him. Okay, fair enough. But the thing that he like singled out, and he did say Bamford's good at it too. But he's the reasons that he went to were his pressing. That's his job. And I'm like, that's literally what Bamford is the best, probably the best striker in the league at. Him or Vardy. Vardy's very good as well. But he's not allowed to pick him because he's retired. <laughs> so like, it was a bit frustrating. Like, I really do think that he um, he deserved it. But I would say that from a Leeds point of view, with him having, you know, he's gone off in the last two games injured, it's probably not the worst thing for us that he didn't get picked. Yeah. I mean, I did propose it, that... that a team full of Leeds players that that would ideally like to see last time, but um, yeah, it was just, I, th- I think obviously the stat was that the only player that has more combined goals and assist, or English player that has more combined goals and assists this season than Bamford is is Harry Kane. Yeah. Um. So you kind of look on that basis and it's just like, well, how is he not? You know, you can't look at his productivity in any way in, across English strikers or. Even sort of you, your wide men and, and attacking midfielders, and say, well, measurably they're better. Like you can't. There's Harry Kane, and then a slightly slight distance behind him is, is Pat Bamford. Yeah, uh, but if this was a really good goal. Obviously, we haven't mentioned Rafinha's one that was disallowed, but that's because he was about five yards offside. <laughs> yeah, that yeah that one was one of those where I think like with the Helder Costa one. There was a thing that by the time it got to him, he looked a mile offside, but it was actually a lot closer than it was. Mm. With Rafinha, he looked a mile offside, and then you watched, you went, "Yeah, he's a mile offside." Yeah, but um, this was a this was a good goal, and it was even though Leeds' ball retention rate from throw-ins is apparently very good, but I've always thought for years Leeds are shit at taking throw-ins. Like we just have been for about fifteen years overall, but this one was a really good. Quick throw. Alioski with a good quick throw into Harrison. Great cross. Bamford hammers it in at the near post. Really good goal. It was probably the only thing Alioski did right in the first half. Yeah, he had yeah, an absolute did. shocker. He was he was fine in the second half. He wasn't good, but he was fine in the second half. In the first half, he was an absolute nightmare. But I'm this was say, a, this I'm was gonna a say, I'm going to say he struggled in the first half. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and and it was. That nice thing of Bamford just peeling away. I think it, I think it's Tosi. He kind of peels away from towards the front post. Really instinctive fit. The ball's already hit the back of the net before uh, Ariola's even hit the ground. Yeah, and uh, too, too honest for his own good is Bamford because everyone that's a really good finish. He struck that lovely, and he comes out in press afterwards and says, "Yeah, I struck it lovely off middle of my shin." <laughs> <laughs> no one knew. <laughs> no, it's, it's nice. It's that, and it's one of those things where. In terms of, it's not a flashy goal or, or, or anything like that, it, but you love to see that those sorts of instincts from someone who's just taking those two steps, getting away from the man. And it's sort of bored that if it came into him last season, you, you'd have him hands down to pass it back to Jack Harrison or something. Yeah. Um, Much more confident now. Yeah, d- d- different player this year. Um, but yeah, really nice finish, obviously. I put money on Jack Harrison to score first for the first time in a while, so he goes and gets the assist. Well, I, that's one of the things. Because we did end up winning the game, I was okay with Aileen's goal being disallowed because I backed Bamford first goal. Yeah. Um, but once we got the goal, like for half an hour, we were all over them. 
And then we had a 15-minute spell at the end of his half where Fulham could have scored three. We just went to pieces for 15 minutes. The, the thing I found really funny about it was, as well, I didn't think it was through any particular skill or tactic of Fulham's that they started no. creating these chances. No, every single one of those chances was our fault. Every single one of them. We, we had such an inability to just clear the ball that it just seemed every time the ball was bouncing around, it just seemed to come off someone's shin, off someone's arse, and just all you ever, you're just looking, just going, can you just smash that 40 yards upfield, please? Well, this 15 minutes was really like, like on XG, Fulham ended up with more than us at the end of this. And it was all from this, nearly all from this 15 minutes, having a shot blocked, having another one blocked straight after, and it just accumulating up. The, uh, that that you're saying about not clearing the ball, this is where, like, and it was Alioski both times, but there was two examples that were the worst ones. There was one where the ball is saved by Mel- it comes out, and Alioski has loads of time, and he can just stick his right foot through it and boot it out for a throw-in or way up the pitch. And instead he goes left-footed and just smashes it out for a corner, which, you know... Oh, yeah. Don't give away needless corners when you shit at defending them. But that was only the second worst one. After when the ball was going out for a throw-in and Alioski chased it down, just kept it in to prevent the throw-in so he could give away a corner. Uh, and I think and I think it was the second one where he just booted it out. That corner comes in, flicked on another corner, and that's where the goal comes from. Uh, swung in and Joachim Anderson just out... It has to be said... He's done this a few times lately. Luke Ayling is not very good at marking at corners. No. Now, none of Leeds players are, <laughs> I think, as far as I can tell. Even the ones that are better than most, like Strauch's better than most, but it's more because he's better at winning the ball. I'm not sure that it's because his marking's particularly great. But Ayling has had a few of these over the last few weeks. Um, and this one, he just... Like, he seemed to be trying to back away from the ball. So Anderson could just stick his foot round and volley it in. It was a... It was a really poor goal to give away. With every passing goal we concede from a corner, my idea of just putting all 10 outfield players on the line and putting Melier on the edge of the six-yard box seems more and more reasonable. Like, Because then, fine, block the goalkeeper. I'm fine with that. <laughs> what are you going to do there? Yeah. Like, uh, M- Melier is... Not coming for the ball as much, but I think it's because he's being blocked off more by attacking players than he was before. Uh, yeah, it just, you know, we are not good at this. We need to get better at it. There will be ways to get better at it. We just need to figure it out. Uh, but luckily, in this game, the second half, although Fulham did have a couple of chances, um, there was that one where it, it was a pullback along the floor to Luckman. And he made a mess of the shot and it didn't go anywhere. But to be honest, I think if he'd have hit it well, I think Roberts would have blocked it because Roberts had done a really good job of tracking him. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, so that was their main chance. But we had a few and eventually uh, it was the high press paying off. Phillips won the ball really well, sort of 40 yards from their goal. Won it, Bamford, good through ball for Rafinha, touch out of his feet and a really good finish. Uh, obviously, it was a bit weird for me because both of our goals, I think Tosin got done. 
and obviously I've been banging on about how good he is for ages, so I've, I've successfully put the mockers on him. <laughs> uh, but no, it was a, it was a really good goal, and good to see Rafinha get another one. He's I cannot believe he was only like seventeen million quid. He is so much better than that. Yeah, but mate, just wait till we swap him for Dan James and, and five million. Yeah. He'll be a legend at this club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you say, really nice to see Rafinha get a goal. Just it's nice to see him smile every now and again because he's generally quite an angry man on the field. Yeah. It seems to take everything very personally. As, as you kind of watch it, any if he gets a shot wrong, I feel like he goes home and just berates himself in front of a mirror or something. Just like, no, you've let yourself down. You've let your family down. You've let your country <laughs> down. Like, no, Rafi, it's fine. We're mid table. It's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I found this one. I found the goal, like, the actual shot, really funny. Just because I think watching in real time you don't really see his right foot move. So he just seems to be dribbling forwards and then the ball just keeps going. Mm. So it just looks like he's kind of just run, stops, and the goalkeeper's got, oh God, I don't know what to do. Which I have seen done before off a through ball. Like a dummy yeah. that just beats everyone. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, was just a, it was just a good finish. Like he got the ball out of his feet, made sure to keep it on target. He, he is very trustworthy in front of goal, it appears. He's got a good natural finisher. Um, in this, I'm just like looking at this game and just thinking, the good thing with this was, I don't think that, other than Alioski, I think overall everyone played pretty well. I don't, like, you know, there was, yeah, Ailing was poor on the goal, but overall I thought it was pretty good. You went and Stroik, they had a few moments, but I thought they were fine. I thought Phillips was excellent. Rafinha was good, Dallas was good. I thought Tyler Roberts was really good again. Uh, Harrison did well, and Bamford, considering he was half fit for most of the game, was really good as well. I mean, you know, yeah, very, half fit for most of the game, and he got a goal and an assist, so I can't argue with that. Yeah, it, it was very concerning when he went down. Um, the, the, I mean, there is obviously the part of me that just thinks, just put Joffe on. Yeah, I, I would have I brought Joffe on in this game, and I'd definitely be bringing him on for the next one, just because, I mean, we'll come to it later, but he looks really good. So, I, I put on Twitter after the under-23 game, sod Bamford for England, Joffy for England. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put the under-23s in for England. That'll, be, that'll do it. They could do it tomorrow. They'd beat San Marino. <laughs> the wood. Yeah. So, winning London... 29 games gone, 39 points, which is 13 clear of Fulham and 11 clear of Newcastle. Can we, officially, can, we officially, yeah. can we officially now say we're safe? I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say we're safe. I was happy to say we were safe about four weeks ago. Though. I've, yeah. I've, never, I've never quite bought into this. Oh, well, we've dropped points and Fulham have won, so it's, it's, it's down to nine or whatever it was, but... Uh, having watched Newcastle against, I think we were playing football manager during the the Newcastle Brighton game. Yeah. And my God, Newcastle were awful. Like yeah, they, you- they are <laughs> fucked. Yeah, I don't know what the odds are, but I am assuming that Newcastle will be a shorter price to be relegated than Fulham are, because Newcastle are terrible. Three, um, sh- three shots in a game where if they win that, they pull away from Fulham, they give themselves a decent gap. 
Three shots, none on target. Mm. Well done, Steve Bruce. Yeah, like obviously Newcastle's problem is the owner, but the manager is also a problem. <laughs> like Steve Bruce is rubbish. Like if I were them, I'd I'd just throw money at Wilder and say hit big bonus if he keepers up. I, I mean. Look, I'm not saying that he's the best manager in the world, but Preston have just signed Alex Neal. I'd have him over Steve Bruce every time. <laughs> it's not even close. Who, have you seen who Sheffield United are meant to be after? Uh, I heard Jukanovic linked with it. Yeah, that's that's kind of the next one, which I, I thought was an interesting choice. Now, now fair play. He's good I at think, getting teams out of the championship, yeah, in fairness. Good, good in the championship. <laughs> uh, yeah, whether you then go and... Uh, I mean, if I like, I know I said that, I know when we were texting about this, like, who would you go for? If I were Newcastle now, I won't mind that. if you put Billich on a contract till the end of next season. Mm. I, I think he'd be a decent shout for it. Didn't Billich take a job in China pretty much straight after West Brom's acting? I yeah, might have done. So I oh, think so got... y- Yukanovich is in Qatar, so yeah. <laughs> um, there's one bit of news that isn't even news at this stage. Uh, Mateus Click tested positive for COVID-19 this morning. Uh, and then this afternoon he tested negative. Yes. Yes, uh, he so did. <laughs> apparently they're doing another, uh, they'll do another PCR test tomorrow. If that's negative as well, it's then up to some board whether he can actually travel and whether they just think the first one is just a false positive or whether he has to isolate and stuff. I don't, I don't know exactly what will happen, but hopefully it's just negative. And then, I mean, hopefully from a Leeds point of view, it's negative and they just send him home and he can just have a rest. Yeah. Because he looks knackered. Yeah, and he even, said in an, he even said in an interview, didn't he, this week, like, you know, I'm, I've started getting loads of little injuries and stuff. I'm, it's not like my joints all hurt, but there's some pain. And he's basically just said, I'm knackered. Can I have a rest, please? Yeah. I'm assuming Poland have qualified for the Euros, haven't they? Yeah, but these ones are World Cup. Oh, no, I just meant in terms of he'll be playing in the summer as well. Oh, then. yeah, he'll be playing in the summer, yeah. He doesn't get to have a rest. Well, good. Remember when that was Rod, when that was uh, how we felt about Rodolf Austin? Yeah. Just, my God, that man plays every week. <laughs> Season's over. Nah, mate, Gold Cup. Yeah, um, yeah selfishly... I wouldn't mind him just being left at home and also not really training that much, just just to give him a break. He he is the one that up until recently played all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's uh, it's probably done him some good to to be on the bench the last couple of games. Um, but yeah, I hope I'm hoping he doesn't. The ideal scenario is he doesn't have COVID, but Poland think no, you need a rest. Yeah, that would be ideal. Right, we've got to talk about it. Oh, Christ. Anyone who's been on Twitter this week will be fucking sick to back teeth of hearing about this, but we've got to mention it. Uh, we actually talked about this two months ago because it's weird to me that the story's got so big now. Like, I think the first story I wrote on this for Through It All Together was early January, I think. So like, it's not news, but it's picked up. I think basically because Phil Hay said, I've heard similar. It's now become much more of a thing. But uh, Jenny Alioski, uh, <sighs> he, he hasn't signed a contract yet, so I'm pretty sure he's going. And it sounds like the front runner's uh, Galatasaray. 
Uh, and this has caused the Leeds fans to decide to be in a massive fight with each other all the time because there are some people who are saying that Alioski, you know, he doesn't owe us anything. It's it's not like he was here when it happened. He, you know, for someone who's from North Macedonia and is not that it matters that much, but like someone who is from a Muslim background going to a heavily Muslim country, it's nearer for his family. It's European football guaranteed every year. Turkey play, pays massive wages, all of that stuff. People are saying, look, I can't begrudge him going there. And there's the other side, which is if you play for Leeds and then you go to Galatasaray, you deserve to die. Uh, did you see the guy who someone's defaced like one of the Burley Banks' boxes that Alioski's on? Yeah. I... Now, this this thing, like, I, if he goes to Galatasaray, I will have no personal ill will towards Jenny Alioski. I'll want him to lose every single game he plays because I want Galatasaray to lose every game they play. I want the club to fold. I I want I hate Galatasaray. I want they're my least favorite football club. I want nothing to do with them. But I'm not going to start tweeting abuse at Janielowski if he goes there because it's a complete waste of time. And this isn't like Harry Kewell going there. He, he wasn't there. He was how old will he have been at that he point? He was either eight or nine by yeah. by most accounts. He was a young kid in another country. I'm not saying, oh my god. That it's, I'm not saying get, get over it because you should never get over it. We should always remember Chris and Kev. But this is not the same. I can understand people not being happy about it. I'm not happy about it. I would rather he went literally anywhere else. But I'm not going to... There's no point in me getting that furious about it. If Calvin Phillips went there, I'd be fuming. But this, I'm just... I'm just not pleased and I'm I'm disappointed I would rather be picked anywhere else, but it's not some ridiculously horrible thing in the way that it was when it happened 18 years ago or whatever, whenever it was, when he went yeah. there after Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, I mean first and foremost, it, it's clear that even if he stays... He won't be getting the pay rise that I think he will if he leaves. No, he he's will not, not going to play here if we sign yeah. left back. Well, exactly. We we have made it abundantly clear that we are looking for a left back. Mm. And even now, he's the second choice left back. It just so happens that we've kind of clicked with something with Stuart Dallas at centre mid again. Mm. Um, so, you know... Just, just purely from a professional standpoint, he, he is 29 years old, or 28, 29. He's in in you know the last big contract territory where this will set him up very nice. He'll get a nice signing on fee. He'll get decent wages, and realistically, he could be retired in five years. Yeah, and th- this is to help set him up for the rest of his life and his family. As well. Yeah, um, it's it's a, you know it's a, it's a good step up for him. He gets to play. He'll get to play European football. He'll get decent money out of it. Move closer to home. Um, Actually, get to play, which he won't if he stays here. Yeah, 
like I can't begrudge anyone that it's a short career. You know, he he will have had you know if it, say he's made his debut at seventeen. You know, you're talking about sixteen years as a professional, seventeen years, and then that's it. As opposed to most of us who will have professional lives that go for about forty to forty-five years, oh. you know, it's it's a short window to try and set you and your family up for the rest of your lives. Then, that's it. Like the thing is, like don't get me wrong, it's it's crap if he goes there. I really don't want him to. I, I God, I don't want him to because I want to want him to do well. And if he goes there, I don't want him to do well. I don't want him to like break his leg or get injured or anything, but I don't want him to have any success if he's there because it's them and I don't want them to have any success. But from a, the problem is we see it from the point of view of a Leeds fan. He doesn't. He's like, as much as he has done, he's done well for Leeds. As much as I don't think he's good enough now, he's done well for Leeds. His loyalty is to making money for his family. It's not to Leeds. And as much as I wish it wasn't the case, that's for him, this is probably the right thing to do. Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff you see now, the, the closest I can, I can kind of relate to it is is maybe someone like Pontus Janssen where we, we, we all love Pontus. And yes, we could kind of see the flaws in him at times, but, but I think to a man, we all love Pontus and, and kind of what he represented on the pitch. Mm. But... At the same time, at the end of the day, he was not a Leeds United fan as much as he loved, and, and I think he's someone who loved that the crowd loved him. Yeah, but he's and a Malmo he, fan. Yeah, he is a Malmo fan. Like I, I'm assuming Janny Alioski supported not Leeds United as a child. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just trying to think. After I don't know any Macedonian teams off the top of my head. I want uh, to say Voivodina is one. If that's correct, I will take that as an answer. Um, but, but, you know, like, yes, you know, he's someone, and I think Janny is someone else who who loves how much we have loved him. Mm. Yeah, and you see that in Janny Cam, you see that in him applauding the crowdies and, and stuff like that. And, and he's someone who fully understands why we like him. But he, he's not a Leeds fan. Like, yeah. I, I think I think with most players, if, if you spend time at a club and you stay on the right side of the fans, you will have you will always have a positive perception of that club. Mm. You know, I think Pontus will still think fondly of us, mm. but he's not. I don't think I can't see him being in the cop in five years' time leading chance. Mm. Whereas I can see him going to a Malmo game and doing that. Yeah. By the way, just because for me on Saturday, Vojvodina Serbia. <laughs> ah. Uh, oh, well. So uh, Robotniki is Macedonian. Okay, we'll go with that then. Yeah, um, but as I say, it's it's a crap way to end it because he's not going to go away with the like. If he went anywhere else, he'd have been welcome back any time. And if he goes there, he probably won't be. Yeah, I, I think is, for me, which is a shame. But I don't. It's not. As I say, it's not like you. I'm not going to hate him personally for it. I will be disappointed and basically sort of forget he exists and not out of being annoyed at him. But the truth is, I just dislike Galatasaray. I don't look at their individual players and 
now, so why would I just because he's there? I'm just going to hope they get beat. Yeah, I, I think the last thing for me to say that, that I've just found frustrating about this is I think if you ask the vast majority of Leeds fans, they would tell you that we need to replace Alioski this summer. Mm. Like, and the idea of saying, we want to buy someone better than you, but we also don't want you to go play for them. Is, is it to like, I, I think if you want someone to stay, I can fully understand that. But we, essentially the attitude of, we don't want you here, but also don't go there. Yeah, I'd say it, it's, it's, it's a tough yeah. one. Now, the, the reason why I brought it up now is because obviously we just said we now really properly are safe. Like, I, you know, we are, I'm, so I don't know if this Alioski deal is done. I, I think it probably isn't quite done, but all the sounds make it sound like it's close. And I'll tell you now, they won't, they won't announce it until the end of the season, no matter what. Because if they announce it, then you can't really have him anywhere near the team. Yeah. Uh, but what I was going to say is, if we're safe, would you? I'd, I'd drop him anyway. If he's not going to be here next season, and this is not in AR because if he's going, I don't want anyone who isn't going to give. Because I think he does give everything for the shirt. I've I've no never had a single moment's doubt about his commitment. I was going to say there's clearly been negotiations ongoing for a while now, and I don't think I've seen certainly his effort levels drop at all in that time. No, he's had bad performances, but... Yeah, it's him and the rest of the team at times. Uh, But what I was going to say, basically, is if we're safe, even if Dallas is staying in centre mid, would you not just... I mean, this is not Bielsa's style, so I don't think it's going to happen. But would you not just play Leif Davis and see if he is going to be good enough or not? Because this is the best way to find out. Because I already... Don't think I, I think Alioski is probably better than him now, but I don't think it's by miles. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I think last time I mentioned the the idea of, t- of taking this time now to to make one or two changes to the starting lineup to to get a look at a couple of players, whether that's kind of players who've been on the bench. So maybe now's your time to to get Hernandez in the team for for a couple of games and see what he's up to. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see Huggins have a run, you know, get ninety minutes there, or Leaf Davis, either one of them. Mm. Um, you know, the, I think there's an argument for a lot of the twenty threes players to to give them. A, there's an argument for starting the other twenty threes front three at this yeah. point. <laughs> well, uh, we'll we'll I'll mention that now because you didn't get to see this, did you? You only saw the youth cup game. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple of the goals for this one. Obviously, I've oh. seen the best free kick ever scored. Yeah. Well, on the subject of the 23s, West Brom under 23s nil, Leeds under 23s five. And who didn't back them enough, Jack? I didn't back them enough because I <laughs> they, they only offered one handicap, which was Leeds minus one, which I backed. I backed Leeds to score three or more. But unfortunately, I also backed three nil and four nil and not five nil. <laughs> But as soon as as soon as the team news came out, I went right <laughs> back in this because it was a strong team. It was a very strong backline as well. Obviously, you got Berardi in there. Robin Cock was Robin Cock was holding mid again, was it? Yeah, Cock was at CDM. 
But, uh, like, I mean, Capriel made, like, one good save. He had no to do. But the team, just some of the football was outstanding. The way that they just cut through and break at pace. Like, everyone was really good. But you mentioned the front three. Like, Paveda was a little bit quiet on one wing. But on the other side, Crescencio Somerville. That lad needs some first-team football this season. I mean, obviously, he, he was playing in the Eredivisie, so it's not like he's come from nowhere. He was playing top-division football in Holland. But he he might not always be consistent with it, but he has got somewhat special about him. He is seriously good. Yeah, you had, um, obviously, Adam Farshaw has returned to training, which, um, touch wood... <laughs> He can, he can keep up with that. But um, yeah, he, he, I think in one of the first interviews he did it after uh, he joined back in training was was describe a, a Somerville goal where he in his I think he actually said he beat seven or eight men. Have you seen and then it? Danced yeah. around the goalkeeper. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the video I think, came I think out. The clip, the clip has the clip has been dug up of just watching him dance halfway around the field, then round the goalkeeper fairly easily yeah. and tap it. But it's just the pace, the way he runs at players. He, he he's also got a really good eye for a pass. Like I was, he won the penalty for first goal. He set up the second goal. He nearly scored a couple. He was involved in the build up for third, and then he scored the fourth. Like he's he's really really good. He looks special, and everyone would be banging on about him and demanding that he plays if it wasn't for Joe Gelhart, <laughs> who. <laughs> Like, how he hasn't had a minute yet is beyond me. This is like I was, you know, when, when I banged on about Jack Clark for six months before we finally got a chance? Oh, not just, long left then. He just stands out so much. He, obviously, he scored a hat-trick and two of them were pens. But just his all-around play is absolutely brilliant. Like, I would have absolutely... Yeah, I wouldn't start him because Roberts is now playing really well as the attacking mid and Bamford is Bamford. So, yeah, he wouldn't start him, but I would have no issues with him coming on with 20 minutes left. None whatsoever. I, I'd trust him completely. I think I think if we played him, by the end of the season, we'd be clamouring for him to start. Yeah, and, and and obviously not to the same level as Somerville, but someone who has a decent amount of first-team football under his belt before yeah. he's gone into play 23's football. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, again, I think I think when you look at kind of how the loans have gone with the, with the players going out this year, it does feel like th- those lads are just being taught this is how this is how we play. Yeah, get used to this, and then hopefully we see some transition into the first team a bit more and, and start making some appearances. Yeah, as it, and Leif Davis, who I think must have been injured or ill because he hadn't played for a while, but he started this game and played 90 minutes, so that was good to see. He did pretty well. Shackleton played right back and played well. But I, I know that it's 23's football, so he should stand out, but Berardi looked really good in this game and he looked really fit, which is good to see because it just gives us another option. I'm I sure. Don't know if, I don't know I'm, if you saw this picture, actually. I saw someone sharing a picture of Berardi holding a baby and just just with the caption, women prepare for your ovaries to explode. Yeah. In, in, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm amazed that uh, Sarah didn't become pregnant again seeing that picture. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, um, but yeah, they were just really good. I mean, Robin Cock didn't really do much, uh, but that's because the CDM didn't need to do much. In this game, it was just plain simple passes. But that was really good. And on to one that you did watch. Uh, comfortable win in the FA Youth Cup. Leads 8, MK Dons 2. Yeah, what a, what a game to tune into. Um, this was my reminder that uh, Luxembourgian hero Scott Gardner is the under-18s manager. Yeah. Uh, which I had forgotten about. But um, yeah, nicely. Obviously, the under-18s are, are not... The nice way to put it is they're not quite having the season the under-23s are having. No, well, I believe that the under-23s are 13 points clear at the top. And the under-18s, I believe, are bottom. Yes, with only three wins this season, I think but, they said. But one of the reasons is that all of the good... Well, not all of, but a lot of the good under-18s have been not playing in the under-18s. Yeah, because I think even before this game, the, the social media did sort of teased that we might see Kenna or... Kenna Stuart McKinstry was talked about as well. Yeah, and neither one of those featured, did they? No, I think that Kenny might have had a knock that week because he didn't play for 23s or 18s. And then he's, but I believe he played in the under 18s game that followed this in the league. Uh, but like just people that stood out, like although he, he did make an error for their goal, I thought uh, Connor Teal in the middle of a, a defence looked pretty decent. Uh, every, I've only seen him three or four times, but um, playing as a wing back, I like the look of Ethan Cachosa. Really good engine, gets up and down well, but technically really good as well. Uh, good skill to beat players and stuff. Even though he was, you know, a wing-back and not one of the goal scorers in the game where we scored eight, he was up there for man at match. Uh, Alfie Hughes and Martin Spencer in middle both looked good, which I was pleased to see because they've got two at bigger two at bigger reputations. Like I think we got Hughes from... I think Hughes came from Man United and... Martin Spencer was from Sunderland, but he was linked with everyone, and we managed to get him. Yeah, uh, Alfie Hughes, I, I was very impressed with, him and just seems to be involved in absolutely everything. Yeah, um, yeah, they, they both looked really good, um, and Max McMillan looks like a very natural forward. Like it's a bit unfortunate for Max McMillan. I think that Max Dean looks so good. Obviously, he's injured now, but because I think Dean might even be younger as well. Mm. So he, but we'll see if they can get out of each other's way. Um, yeah, they were. And, Ke- and Keenan Carroll played, but Keenan Carroll's sole purpose, as far as I can tell, is to make people feel really old. <laughs> 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 what do you mean that's Seb Carroll's kid? <laughs> as, or as some people go, who's Seb Carroll? Yeah. <laughs> But no, Not it was me. good to see. I, I'm I'm well aware of, of Seb Carroll and what <laughs> allegedly happened in a hotel room just before the Wembley final. Yeah. Nothing yeah. illegal. Nothing illegal. Just badly timed. Yes. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was good to see him put in such a good performance. I know obviously MK Dons is a level of academy where they should be beating them pretty comfortably. Yeah, but, they they are they were the division below, I believe. Yeah. But if you're sticking eight past someone, you have to play some good stuff. And they really did play some good stuff. Have you seen when they've organised the next round for? Yes, the, the same, exactly the same time as the Sheffield United game, isn't it? Yeah, exactly the same time, which is just stupid. And Newcastle play on the Sunday. 
who we're playing in the next one. So hopefully so someone will see sense and just move that game to midday. Yeah. So, I mean, that is the due date for... Wait. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. In my head, I was getting confused with Leeds, Sheffield United, midday. Oh, God. No. <laughs> yeah, no, move the, move the 18s game. <laughs> um, but no, the, uh, that is the due date for when my kid is due to be born, so I might not actually get to see anything, but we'll see. Um, the, oh, one other thing that I want to mention before we finish the podcast is anyone who has that 99p a week subscription to uh, LUTV, which I think I had because you needed it to watch a youth cup game once or something, uh, just have a check of your bank because they appear to have taken it, fa- like, instead of weekly, they appear to have taken it five working days in a row. I, I they've definitely say not weekly. Yeah, they uh, they've definitely done it with mine, uh, and quite a few people on Twitter have agreed with me when I've said it. Uh, so yeah, just keep an eye out. Obviously, it's only five quid, so it's probably not going to cripple you. But just have an eye out and send some. Uh, someone on Twitter did go back through their last six months. And he said that there was like four or five payments missing in those six months. So if we think that they're catching up ones that they forgot to take, but fuck right off. That's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not your customer's fault. That's your fault. You do it. I don't care. I, I don't care if it's not much money. It's the principle of the thing. Uh, so uh, have we all else that we need to talk about? Casey? I don't think we do, do we? Uh, nothing. We've covered everything. Cool. Uh, obviously we'll come back and talk about, Previewing like the Sheffield United game, which obviously Heckingbottom's in charge, so we're definitely coming. We're definitely going to find a way to lose. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're on Twitter at Mighty Whites Pod and on MightyWhitesPodcast.com. The stuff we write goes up on Through It All Together, which is at T H R U It's All L U F C on Twitter and Through It All Together at SBNation.com. Uh, that I believe is us done. So that's the end of episode 113 at Mighty Whites Podcast. I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. <laughs>